This morning with Stacy Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chat, presented by Abe's Door Service, with 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to This Morning on 6.30 Ched. Uh, coming up in about a half an hour, we're going to have some tips on how to be less of a target for holiday crooks while you are away from uh, your home and making sure that it's protected while you are away. And of course, for insurance purposes, I think you need to have, to have someone uh, come in every couple of days to make sure that uh, no pipes are frozen and no leaking water or leaking toilets. So uh, that's something that you need to do as well. But in terms of becoming less of a target and you know just have a completely dark house and people are like mm, they're gone especially if you're gone for uh, several days uh, leading up to that conversation we're going to talk about you leaving actually uh, thousands of people they're going to be on the roads over the next uh, several days uh, to see family to go to go on vacation possibly uh, winter can change in a minute uh, the, along with the weather as well so let's uh, get to where we need to go safely with some tips mark Pasternak, a driver's education chief instructor at Alberta Motor Association. Good morning, Mark. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming back. Um, you know what, before we get to winter driving, I did tell the story about, I don't know if you were listening, uh, about sort of pushing my empty gas tank a little bit to get to a cheaper spot. What are the dangers? Are there any dangers to, to, to doing that once your light's on? I, there's always a potential for things like moisture to come into the gas tank and freeze up as well overnight or if it's sitting for a long period of time as well. So uh, beyond that, I mean, things like if you're on the road, say, in the middle of nowhere and you end up, say, stuck or whatever, now you have less gas to keep the car running as well. Mm-hmm. So we always say kind of a, a half a tank fill it back up, always ideal, especially in the wintertime as, as a goal. Yeah, that, that that makes sense. And I was just, oh, I just pushed it, tried to get to it, and, you know, tried to save a few bucks. <laughs> I did get there, but all I'm thinking is... AMA might have to come get me, but it was, there was a, an adrenaline rush, and I promise I won't do it every time. All right, before we head out on the roads, especially during winter time, let's talk about some of the things we need to know in terms of um, making sure our vehicle will get where it needs to go. For sure. Uh- a lot of the things that we look at are the convenience of where you're traveling. So if you spend a lot of time just in the city, I mean, having the basics in the car, obviously, prior to driving, things like uh, washer fluid, uh, snow brush, maybe a small shovel, obviously, ideally, because you're going to use it at some point anyways throughout the winter. Longer the trip, the more you want to think less convenience, the more you want to have things that are available for what ifs. So uh, traveling between cities, many hours, if something were to happen, things like perishable foods you can keep or snacks and stuff like this, uh, other things that we always try to mention to have in the vehicle, and this works full-time throughout the winter as well, are extra clothing, mm-hmm. which is ideal. Place it in the trunk, some gloves, uh, extra boots, a jacket, some you know dry socks, and just kind of leave them in there. And it's one of those things where you never know what you need until you need it. And then you'll realize how quickly an extra coat will make things better when you're standing outside. So uh, beyond that, just prepping the vehicle, obviously. Uh, it, we always see a rule of thumb, anything below 15, obviously, or minus 15, plug in the car in so it's obviously prepped for uh, when ready to drive, maintains the fluids, obviously, a little better, starts the car a little better as well. So, uh, And then, as always, a simple walk around when prior to getting to the car to make sure you say don't have a flat tire at that point as well. Uh, just simple little checks as you go by to make sure you don't have a problem when you start. Yeah, and I think even if you're traveling around the city, 
boots and warm clothing a good idea because if you get into a crash and you're wearing Crocs and shorts because it was just a quick ride to go pick up your kid and you have to go outside and exchange information and it's minus 20 outside, uh, it, it can be a little cold. Absolutely, and it's one of those things where you never you never think about the wind chill factor, that it, it could be cold, you don't feel that bad until the wind picks up, and then you realize very quickly how cold it actually is. So, like you had said, having that extra layer to put on just in case you're outside and the elements for longer than need be, obviously, is, is a wonderful thing. So. In terms of warming up our car, how long should we warm it up if it, if it isn't plugged in? I, I, once again, the no perfect answer, depending on the vehicle. Yeah, the t- and the temperature, I guess. Obviously. Big time, huge, yeah. I, the lower it goes, obviously. I mean, the reality is driving the vehicle will warm it up the fastest in most cases. So we don't want to just jump in and take off right away if the car has been sitting for hours and hours and hours. But uh, the lower the temperature, I mean, giving it a good, say, anywhere between one and five minutes max of a, a good start, especially with an older vehicle, older batteries possibly, should be more than enough to kind of get it warm and ready to go in the engine. And then just driving and accelerating, obviously, will create more heat throughout the engine as well and kind of warm things up. So uh, generally, depending on the, the age of the vehicle, uh, between one and five should be more than enough to kind of make things work as temperatures drop. And what about tire pressure? I know that it seems when it, the colder it gets, the lower my tire pressure goes down. How dangerous is it uh, or, or how important is it to make sure that your tire pressure is at, at a good uh, amount? The funny thing is, with our temperatures right now, we're getting a lot of that crazy fluctuation where you get a, a low tire to a warm tire to a you know, cold tire, obviously. Yeah. The reality is the most important thing on the vehicle, the one thing that keeps us from going off the road and from crashing and losing control is the tires. Like They are the, the most important feature on a vehicle, if you think about it in some ways. So the reality of, uh, once again, just a visual inspection to make sure they don't appear flat is the first step. And then uh, if you have the sensors in your car watching for them, because probably as they warm up, kind of uh, release that uh, that warning sometimes, mm-hmm. but we always keep keeping them as even as possible with, say, the number on just the driver's door is kind of the ideal setup for most tires. So, so if you're going for an extended period of time, uh, uh, you know, maybe a maybe you're heading to Kelowna and it's an eight ten hour drive. Uh, do you need to change your oil? Do you need to check your battery? Do you have to go, you know, take your car in to make sure it's you know top to tail, it, it it's driving okay? <laughs> In a perfect world, I mean, checking it every time would be ideal, but we, we don't have that time, obviously, the convenience and things as always. Uh, the reality is a good, thorough check going into the fall and kind of early winter is never a bad thing, especially, obviously, if you do a lot of traveling and then and then making sure you hit those points of, of, of recommendation for your, your oil checks, obviously, your oil changes and things is ideal. Battery checks, uh, a lot of this with the newer vehicles especially, they should maintain themselves decently well over time, but uh, uh, if you're feeling anything is uncomfortable, it's never a bad thing to just to go and get it checked just in, in principle, because like you said, any any weird moment along eight hour, ten hour trip, you may have to wait for a tow truck or whatever else if there is a problem. So, okay, we're on the roads now, or maybe we're preparing to go on the roads. Where do we find a road report that's sort of up to date, and how often should you check it? There's multiple ones throughout the, uh, the 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 universe that we use. Obviously, and googling just road reports, you'll probably find three or four throughout the city or province that work very well. Uh, you have your basic, you know, your Google checks and things like this, which will give you a pretty accurate set up for the road conditions, what's going on as well. We always say definitely prior to the trip, make a, fur, a good thorough check. And if you have the ability to turn on things like uh, changes or quick updates, never a bad move as well, because like you said, things can change on a dime, especially on a highway when it's a bad day as well too. So, 
Yeah, there's a jackknife semi and you're going to be stuck on the QE2 for, for three hours, possibly. Um, so it's looking a little dodgy. There's there's snow falling. What do we have to keep in mind? Uh, the, there's two kind of parts to the answer. The quickest one is uh, we always we all kind of know the idea of more space, obviously, in front of you for following distances to allow you to see things further sooner, more time to react to situations. Uh, controlling your speed is a huge factor. The faster we travel, the more momentum we create with the vehicle. So you don't want to put yourself in a scenario where you're traveling so fast that you can't physically stop the vehicle in time for something. And then just vision, looking as far as you can proactively, whether it be in the city or the highway, try to look as far as you can down the street. Start at the far this point of reference think what's the hazard down there lights or brake lights or whatever else and then your mind is already prepping itself to deal with stuff well in advance of things when it comes to evasive scenarios like somebody cutting you off or you hitting an it an icy patch on the road or whatever else uh the brain naturally tends to want to overthink something panic and do too much so you see a lot of weight braking a lot of hard braking a lot of hard steering as well the reality is the tires with less traction on the road underneath them don't have the ability to grab on and they can't do the work you think they can so it's it's part of it to do sometimes. Uh, less is more, right? Uh, for braking, it's simple things like threshold braking, which is putting your heel on the floor, squeezing the brakes in all cases as much as you can calmly to let the tires slow at a good rate so they can do the work. And then things like when steering, light, calm maneuvers. Look where you want to go, nine and three on the, on the uh, hand position as much as possible, and just turning the wheel enough to make the tires work. So it's, it's, it's forcing yourself to think less is more because there's less traction available to do it with. So, What about whiteout conditions? Is- especially when those semis pass you on a, on a snowy day and things were great and then the, the semi passes you and you can't see a thing. Yep, absolutely. Uh, if, if the ability is there, making a good lane choice is the first step. Obviously, staying out of the faster lane, staying to the right, staying close to the shoulder as much as you can. And the reality is it allows you more time to think, more time to plan, as well as have an option to the right if need be, which is generally the safer option. From there, if you're ever finding you're being passed by vehicles or sprayed with snow or whatever else, never hurts at any point to come off the gas, just coast and even just cover the brakes, just allowing yourself to naturally let the vehicle slow down a bit, but still have the ability to get to the brake calmly if you have to. And then just kind of waiting an extra second or two to allow your vision to take over. And then beyond that, looking ahead as much as you can for reference points. So watching for patches of the road, watching for lights in front of you, watching for the, the taillights of the vehicle that did pass you, whatever gives you the ability to see where the road still continues on. And then just coming off the gas to allow speed to be, be better controlled as well. Black ice. How do you spot it? Can you spot it? On a great day, you might see a nice little glare, a little shine. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do tend to see the most buildup of this when it comes to that minus four, plus four category. Oh, so pretty warm. Right, right, right about this temperature here. This is the perfect time. Uh, when you tend to see the most buildup of black ice, it's in areas where the sun cannot get to certain spots. So shaded areas, residential with trees are bad for this. Downtown Edmonton is bad for this due to the, the buildings being taller. So uh, think of yourself that today, because the road will appear nice, it will have a little more grip in certain spots, never letting your guard down in the areas where you can't see the sun, obviously, and just, just kind of coasting more often, slowing earlier as well in the areas that are a little uh, shaded, obviously, in the city and around the city. Perfect. Thanks for joining us today. Some great advice as we head out for the holidays. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's Mark Pasternak, a Drivers Education Chief Instructor at the Alberta Motor Association.